Hello, my favorite people. Today's guest is Desiree Wingo. I've had a front row seat on Facebook watching her blossom in courage with a beautiful, bold, convicted voice that the world needs today. Listen, this girl is all about the journey and using what she has to serve others. She pours out life, like alive and rich and bouncing, and it's just so attractive. By seeking her own healing, she's brought healing into her marriage and life to her children. She doesn't even have to say it. Like, it's not even about those words, but it is just evident because she shares authentically. She's bold. She is true to the core, living out what's true and good. And I mean... I would just dare to say that that's the kind of worship that delights God's heart. She is a true delight and is is worshiping with her life. So meanwhile, I'm over here at the 41-week mark of pregnancy and genuinely, genuinely just enjoying this time with my husband, with my boys, and You know, truth be told, last week I was super tense. I was worried. I was expectant about baby girl's arrival, just all the unknowns. And I thought, I thought I was calm, but I I just think the waiting, our whole house just waited. It was spring break and we all were just waiting, waiting, waiting. I, I did go to work but it was just a weird week, you know, and with four people in the house kind of like on edge, no baby. It just was hard. And why did I get that expectation in my head? Like really it, all of my babies obviously need one more week. They just grow sweeter and sweeter. And I've just decided that that's the way we do it. And, uh, you know, honestly, this week there was a major, major shift Um, in my perspective and in my heart. And this week has just been such a precious time. I feel completely content. I'm so thankful. Like I'm just enjoying all the baby girl wiggles. Um, I'm just seeing differently. I'm seeing the extraordinary in the moments. It's, it's been a rich week, you know, but between last week and this week, was a lot of doubt. I got frustrated with God that he didn't go with my plan. And I thought it was a good one. It seemed like a convenient time. And um, (laughs) that's, it's just ridiculous, you know. But now, um, now I see his kindness in the waiting. And I've been able to be with the boys this week. They've both had real big weeks. And I'm so thankful to have been present with them in all of it. I'm just soaking in so many conversations and cuddles and part of me feel felt super guilty for not giving them the spring break that I see everyone else having and it's something I struggle with anyway is feeling like I have to do for my kids a lot um but I looked back at all of our spring break pictures and most of them are cuddling. And I think they, they needed that with me and their dad just to feel close and safe. And we're all just feeling a little insecure. So, you know, it's, I tend to panic in moments when I lose control, but 
as I've shared openly with you, I've been learning for 10 months now that letting go serves me better. (laughs) It serves my family better. And so uh, let's see, today is Thursday, and this will come out on Monday. And so maybe we'll have a baby by then, and this will be outdated. But let's just abide with the Father this week and trust His kindness, because He's so kind and so faithful. All right, listen in to Desiree. It's going to be amazing. Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to freedom. Welcome to a space of belonging. This is the Ash and Ivy Show. My name is Riley, and I'm totally geeking out to be here with you. I am challenging you to know your identity, find God's voice in your story, and give your life as a gift to the world. You have a voice and a message that only you can give. So let's do the divine work and make God visible through our lives and be in awe of what life is all about. Desiree! Hey, thanks for having me. Welcome to the show! I have pumped up. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's so fun. Another internet friend. (laughs) Oh my God, I just thought of something funny. Okay, so I have a 15-year-old and uh, yesterday I was telling him, oh, actually I was telling him about us maybe meeting in Asheville, but you had asked me about that. So we need to talk about that. But anyway, he's like, Okay, so you're telling me you are going to Asheville to meet with a girl from the internet who you've never met. It's probably not even a real person. She probably picked a fake picture. <laughs> I'm like, mm. he's like, that's what you would say to me. You tell me my internet friends are not real. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're hearts, right? I guess that's how we kind of know that like, we're at least guiding them and teaching them in the right direction to be wise <laughs> and discerning and like careful how you go about things. <laughs> so. I said, well, you're right. That is what I would say to you, but I'm pretty sure she's real. And um, <laughs> I think our relationship is pretty authentic. So it's yes. really good to talk to you. <laughs> And it's so funny how, you know, like how we met through made to do this and then connections and friends and uh, just, yeah, what a small world things are. So it's just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been amazing to me to see the people that God has put in my life um, during certain chapters and seasons. Cause um, I think for me, like one of the hardest things has been like the releasing of things that are no longer like serving you and to be able to be open to the blessings that he has. And for me, like that release has been, it's been painful to let go of those things. That's not, but to see how much better, like the fruit is that he's giving me than like what I thought was good fruit. If that makes any sense. (laughs) It does. It makes perfect sense. And I think we're in that together. So, okay, well, let's back up just a second. Tell us who you are. Tell me about your family, about your life, introduce yourself. Yes, absolutely. So my name is Desiree Wingo. Um, I just love, I love life. I love adventure. Um, Pretty much I realized about two years ago that I was living a life that was not 
aligned. It wasn't authentic. It wasn't true to where I was going, what I wanted. I, I thought I was like doing all the right things. I thought I was living the American dream, going to college, having a family, doing all the things. And then I realized how out of integrity I was. Like I was just a people pleaser and I was just serving everybody else, trying to make everybody else happy and not, and not even knowing who I was. So I started kind of my, my son in the car, we were headed somewhere, they were bickering. Um, and I was like, you guys were, we did, we went out for breakfast, we're headed to the pool. And all you guys are doing is fighting. Like what is going on? And he looks at me and he goes, I'm sorry, mama, what do you want to do? And I just, hmm. I froze. I completely froze. I'd been so consumed with taking care of the kids and my husband's parents were sick. So we moved them into our basement and caring for just like just the family dynamics and trying to be a good wife and working the eight to five and doing all the things that like, I, I could not answer the question. And so that got me really thinking like, oh my gosh, like I, I don't even know what I want to do in this moment. And so that's kind he of, had no started. Yeah, he, he had no idea. He was asking this deep soul searching question. Right at like four or five, you know, like, wait, what do I want? Uh, what do you mean? I don't even get asked that question. Yeah. Yes. And so to answer your question, I got two kiddos. Um, my son is now 10 and my daughter's eight and, um, yeah, I'm married with, uh, two little, two little puppies and we love adventure. We love just like seeing God's country. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Do you work a like a day job kind of thing? You know, I do. And that has been part of my biggest, um, I, I'm still in the midst of it. So part of my journey through all this is I realized I've been stuck in this place of fear, right? And now I've gotten to the point where I'll get all the way to the top of the diving board. Like I'll do all the work, I'll take all the steps, but this is that like letting go thing that's so hard to me. So I'm in a job that's been great for, I, I'm a property manager, community manager. I manage HOAs and Metro districts and, and all that um, during the week, but my heart is not that. And so it's just this conflict of using my time and my gifts in a way that I feel like are pleasing to God and letting the money blocks go. Right. Like, so I'm in that um, period of transition right now. And so, um, yeah, it's just being completely transparent. I haven't jumped off the diving board. Like I am scared of the money blocks. I'm scared of the vulnerability, <laughs> right? So the vulnerability is something that I've learned as like my superpower. Um, but it is still so scary for me every time I go to jump off that diving board. And so, yeah, the past year or two has been both, um, little bit backstory about my husband is he's been a firefighter for about 15 years. We're going on 15 years of being married this May. And he had just seen um, a crazy amount of death, a crazy amount of coworkers who ended up either dying online, suicide, just like the death in the field that you see as the firefighter, all the, all the things that just kind of go unspoken about. And so um, he, he ended up realizing he had pretty bad PTSD. And so it just kind of came to a head when, um, there was a couple of times he went to get stabbed. And anyways, this past year, 
um, he ended up getting um, going to get some help for at a facility. And so during that time frame, we had uh, lost his dad. His dad um, was who we had moved into our basement and was an integral part of our family um, and just kind of keeping the dynamics as they were. And so uh, during that time frame of like probably three months, we lost his dad. He got checked in and um, my childhood trauma kind of came to the surface. It was like everything I shoved down just kind of came oozing out. Erupting. Erupting. Nowhere root to shove anything anymore. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's just spit it out. Like dream life. Let's just paint a picture of Desiree's. Like if you had no fear, no money block, like what would your, what would that be? Yeah. So, um, it started with me. So like I started just getting curious about life. Right. I started being like, what is going on in the world right now? It just doesn't make sense. And so this, this has started um, with COVID and been going on the past kind of two years as I've been trying to get closer to God. Um, But I was like, it seems like things that the world is saying are like right or wrong. And the things they're saying are wrong or right. And I started just not taking things for face value anymore. Not started just not being like, I'm going to do this because I was told to do this which is what I'd done all my life, right? Just wanted to make people happy and, you know, like have no confrontation. And um, yeah, I realized that it just didn't make sense anymore. And so I started getting curious. I started being like, okay, what, what's making me feel good? What's not making me feel good? Um, what's off? And I started paying more attention to my body and to the things that I put in my body. And because of my childhood trauma, I had stomach aches a lot as a kid and I had gut issues and I had all these things that were obstacles for me to navigate through. And so then I started like learning about the food that you eat and how it like my specifically with my son, my son um, is really, really um, an athlete and super active and um, like just really smart, but he can't sit still. Like he started walking at six months old and like it's just a total athlete. But, um, on the other side of that, there's been some things like to try to navigate through cause he can't sit still. And, um, and so we started just playing with food and we learned what the difference it made when we started giving him more proteins and took away the sugar and caffeine and just different things. We started playing with foods and lifestyle and activities and learned the impact that had on him and the impact it had on us. So we started living a more holistic lifestyle, really just being mindful of what we were putting in our bodies and um, how that made us feel different at the end of the day and started connecting to our bodies. And then kind of through that process, I thought I was this like expert feeler because I'm um, more of an empath, right? I'm super sensitive and I'm nurturing and caring and um, yeah, like I'd say like, I definitely love to like serve people. And so I just felt like I was this feeler. I had worked in customer service, been an HR manager. And so like totally just felt like I was dialed into my feelings and could read people. And then I realized um, I did some shadow work. And so for those of you that don't know um, kind of what shadow work is, it's looking at the parts of yourself that you don't like and really going deeper and exploring that. And so the um, the ash of ash and Ivy, the ash, just the hard yucky regret. Like, let's not talk about that part. 
Yeah, exactly. And I dreaded it. Right. So like, that was the part, like I used uh, perfection and awards and accomplishments to over, to like overshadow what had happened to me. And so um, pretty much long story short, as a kid, I was molested. And so um, I just had this deep, dark secret that I shoved down, didn't expose, didn't tell anybody about um, until I was married and had kids. And then at that point in time, it was necessary to come out because um, it should have came out a long time earlier. Right. But um, I really yeah. thought I was fine. I was like, I'm going to be better for it. I'm going to be stronger for it. I'm it's fine. Like everybody has things happen to them. Uh, but I didn't address any of my wounds with it. Right. So then when I started opening those up, like everything started opening and started um, really just like, once you see, you can't unsee. And so as I started like doing that work, I just, I learned, I never let myself really feel sadness or anger. And so I had almost like the toxic positivity going on. And so the past couple of years has been me learning how to like really feel that and process it. And part of that Mm. is I learned how to really feel it in my body. So like I, because of what happened to me, I never used my voice. So like I had said, no, this doesn't seem right. Please stop. And like, that wasn't honored. And I was told you're wrong and no, and all that. So like I have major blocks in my voice. So when I would go to speak and use my voice, my, my, my throat would literally feel like it was like closing in. And so I have a lot of, um, when I was doing kind of my shadow work realizations around my throat chakra and kind of like the clearing, um, that I needed to do to like get that energy out of there. And so I like, it was just something that I surrendered to God and that he helped me really like see where that surfaced and why it's hard for me to use my voice. And why, when I go to speak, like it's, you know, used to be so difficult and it would be like, nothing came out and my throat closing in. And, and so I started doing work on my throat and that was the first thing in me just starting to share my story again, this is like full on adult and never really like knew the full me was afraid to share myself. Like when I made up stories of like how I had to show up, it was like, I just, I, I felt like I had to show up a, a certain way. Right. And so Yeah. So that was my first step was learning like to feel it in my body. And so like before the tears would well up or before the anger or any of the other things, I started being mindful of like, where am I feeling it first? And so like that uneasy feeling, and um, I was able to like notice, oh my gosh, like I, I feel this in my gut and starting to pay attention to where I felt it as like cues of, okay, like something's not right. Something's off. And um, knowing that when I needed to speak up, I would like start to feel my throat starting to like close in a little bit. And so leaning into instead of hiding from, so it became me learning to trust my body, which was an unsafe place before. Right. So I just had shame in my body. And so I'm learning that the biggest thing for me is to be fully known, to be fully known releases that shame. Right. And so as I use my voice, um, it's been this huge healing process and then seeing how God's used that to help other marriages or help other women or see how many people who could relate when I just felt so isolated, um, has just been really empowering. And so through that now my focus, and I can kind of go deeper a little minute if you want, but is really, um, to be aligned mind, body, soul, and spirit. And I've learned how they're all connected. And so 
that's really my heart is to help heal the broken parts of like women and marriages, especially like with like Nick and I together, like we really want to heal marriages with trauma and PTSD and all those things that like you get shame over and um, you just never like fully bring to the light. And so that's, that's my heart. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's insanely amazing and insightful. Um, and so you were saying being fully known, is that, is that through, um, honesty? Is that through being able to actually verbalize and say what's true, what you really feel, what you really think or what really happened? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's through vulnerability in our Mm -hmm. marriage and creating community with other women. Like I was fake. I just put on a facade. Like I had to try to be the best. I was competitive. I was like, had to try to be put together. And then it's been like, Ooh, like we went out to a business dinner the other night and I was like, Oh, I thought I liked like dressing up, but I I don't like wearing lipstick and high heels like this. (laughs) This isn't me. And I'm just now figuring this out. Right. I'm like, no lipstick and high heels is not something I like. Like, this is a story I told myself of how I had to show up to be enough. Right. And so like, it's constant reminders of like little things like that or intimacy. Right. Um, That's been a big one for me to break through. So like the being fully known is not just like doing something to please somebody else or asking for what you want in um, like in ways where you can feel creating an environment where you feel safe, seen and heard has really been key. I think in our marriage and rebuilding things. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to just, I mean, I know we've been through some of that too. And I personally am just practicing I mean, basic thing. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I, I have a dermatology appointment and I was trying to tell my husband that I'm going, but that I feel really fearful about it. And I despise the doctor and I don't want, and I don't even know what you're supposed to do with the dermatologist, but I don't know like if I'm supposed to. And then I was like, he's like, well, what are you, what's wrong? What's your concern? I was like, well, nothing. Like I can't talk about this, you know, but like, so that's, <laughs> I know that really feels like a silly example, but the point is sometimes it is hard to just blurt out in vulnerability, your weakness or your worry or your desire, or it's like, it takes literal practice and almost like making up your mind. Like I'm going to just say what I want and trust and, and see what happens. Is he safe place? Is he gonna, how's he going to handle that? You know? And so it takes some exploring, I think, to create relationships that are at a super vulnerable level. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like when you have, like for me, I just, I never did that either. It was like, where do you want to go out to eat? Oh, whatever you want, honey. Like Mm -hmm. I literally for, 15 years. Well, more than that for like the first 25 years of my life. Um, like I didn't have an opinion. I just went with the flow. Yeah, sure. Whatever, whatever's easy. Like didn't, didn't allow myself like to have space for me to have an opinion or there to be the confrontation. And so, and so you had uh, this story in your mind that that's part of your identity. Like, Oh, I'm an easygoing person. I put others first. Yeah. 
Yes. A story that it was like selfish or that. Yeah, exactly. And so it started changing when I started inviting God into all aspects of my life. And so as I started getting curious about things, um, I like was like, there's so much in the world that I, it's just not making sense to me right now. And so every day I would write, like, my goal is to hear from God. Cause I, I felt like I didn't ever really hear from God. And so about a year and a half ago, like that was like my goal for the day. Like, okay, I want to hear from God. I want to hear from mm. God. And I would write that every day that that was like something that I wanted. And I would start reading scripture and um, yeah. And so that was something where, and not just like spending a few minutes like with God, but like inviting him into all of my life, like inviting him into the parts of my life that I had shame over and um, into our like intimacy, intimacy in our marriage, um, like praying before connection and, and meals and um, activities and choice, like just like throughout the day. Right. And I'd never done that before. And so, um, yeah. So as I started getting curious and then had God be my North star through that, um, that's when things started shifting. I want to just hear everything you just said again, because it's so rich. When you started inviting God into all the parts, when you became vulnerable, when you became honest with yourself and others that allowed or opened the door for him to come in and start to renew those things and, and replace those old stories with truth. Right. Is that what you're trying to say? Absolutely. I'd say yes, that, and I think intentionally making time to be with him. I realized I didn't, I didn't do that before. And so yes, the vulnerability and the creating time to be with him because before it was like praying with meals, praying before bed. Right. But not like incorporating him. Like I would let him have parts of my life, but not all of my life. And so as I brought him, him into like my everyday routines, like the things that I would, you know, that I do on a regular basis. Um, it got like, I, I had shame even like talking about, um, not shame, but like I had learned about God and the Holy, I felt the Holy um, Spirit when I met my husband. So that was the first time I felt the Holy Spirit is I was see 19 years old. Nick was my first boyfriend. Um, and we met just out of high school and ended up um, getting married just shortly after, but like my friends weren't Christian. I wasn't Christian. And so like, I would try, I'd be excited to share what I was learning and people were mean to me. They were like, not nice. They were like, I was like trying to share things and they weren't open. And so I had this not great experience trying to share God and Jesus and everything in the beginning. And I didn't have the knowledge or the background or everything then. And so like I had, so like bringing him into my life again, as an adult, as I've gone through this was like, it was scary for me to share what he was doing. So like, I wanted to share, but I had chosen to care more about what the world thinks instead of what God thinks. And I felt very convicted of that. And so choosing to just surrender that to God has been really freeing, but absolutely like paralyzing to take that leap of faith and go back to trying to like share it again, because I was burned so bad before. And so, so wait, so you, how, okay. Tell me more about what that means. You were in high school or right out of high school and you met your husband and 
he introduced you to God or how I'm, I missed a detail yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I grew up kind of in a Lutheran family, but we weren't really practicing. It was the mm-hmm. typical go to church on Easter, Christmas, like now say that now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord. Yes. My soul to <laughs> right. It was yes. like, check the boxes. Okay. That's what and I did then, too. <laughs> yeah. I was then just I showing my eight-year-old that prayer the other day. <laughs> I said, I said this every single night of my childhood. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so then I remember Nick had been asking me, just go to church with me. Come on, go to church with me, go to church. I'm like, I don't want to go to church with you. No, no, no. Probably like a dozen times. And I go, fine. If I go to church with you, will you quit asking me to go to church with you? I had every intention of only going that one time. (laughs) And then we go to church thinking, okay, I went with him. I'm going to get out. And and this was probably the first time that I was vulnerable because mind you, at this point in time, like I didn't really talk to guys. I had a negative stigma to, to guys because of what's happened. I never had a boyfriend really before. Like I just had, yeah, I had like messed up. Um, it just wasn't on my radar. Right. And so, yeah. um, so we go to church with him and we kind of been dating, uh, I don't know, I don't know, probably maybe three months or so at this time. Um, and we go and I had not really been vulnerable and still this like that time and years later hadn't really been vulnerable, but I go and we're singing and I, I feel this like feeling that I'd never felt like <laughs> I, I got tingly and I felt like light and I felt I was like, what's going on? Like this church is in like a mobile home. Like this it's is like, like a not- little, wait, what? What? Yeah. This church is like a small church, right? It's just like a group of people with a pretty small like band just worshiping God and just like so it was really like tiny and like a little like maybe it was a double mobile home. I don't know, maybe like 50 <laughs> people there. Like it was not anything like fancy. It was just but There was something magic, some fairy dust there. It, it was people loving on God, but like yeah. I, I experienced the Holy Spirit and had it's, no idea what that but was. But you didn't know, right? No idea. And we get in the car and he's like, how was it? I was like, it was actually really good. I go, okay, but I have to tell you something weird happened. And again, this is not like me to like share anything weird because I'm like, um, but I was like, yeah, I, I got this like tingly, like light feeling. And I don't know. It was just so amazing. I can't, and he's like, Oh my gosh, you experienced the Holy. And I'm like, I, I did. That's what it's like. And he's like, yes. <laughs> and so I experienced the Holy spirit and yeah, from, um, from then on, it was just, it was just amazing. It was like, like small little things. God would do like God winks in my life, but that was the real start to me actually knowing the real God. That was like the real moment. And then in particularly the past three years has just been like one thing after another, like him showing me how things of like my childhood and all these things are working for my good and for today and the impact it's having on other people so much bigger than just myself. Okay. So real hard for real question is like, how do you look back into such hard trauma with what you experienced as a child and find God, like, how did he cover you? How did he show up and where did you find him in that? Yeah. So, um, something really, um, recent that's happened is I told you, I've been really, 
like getting curious about things. And my heart is that God has put everything on this earth for us. Um, one of the scriptures, Mark 1230, it says to love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And so that is my heart. And so I had been starting to get curious about what does it look like to love God with my, my heart and my mind and my body, the body is the big one who that's been really freeing for me and my soul. And so, um, my maiden name is dancer and recently like past six months, I had never danced because I had shame with body and I just had like, I I always came from this place of fear, right? So if I couldn't be the best, I never tried it and just didn't have good body image uh, perception and a lot of brokenness around that, right? And so um, the past six months, um, God just started showing ways, things to me that's helped like little gems, little nuggets everywhere I went. And one of those has been dancing. And so um, I started just like Nick took me out dancing and we went out dancing and I was moving my hips and I felt so free and it was really freeing and liberating. And I went and talked to my counselor about like my experience and how it felt and did a little bit more research. And I learned how much of trauma is kind of stored in your hip and your psoas and other parts of your body and how our minds may not remember traumatic events, but our bodies do. And they hold on to all those things. And so I have been learning how to release this trauma through my body, through yoga and through dancing and through stretch, like stretching, not just stretching my face, but that's, so that's really what I'm working on right now. And when we meet up in Asheville is I'm getting certified, um, in Christ-centered yoga, it's called yoga faith. Um, and then the next step in that is they have like, uh, a trauma yoga and they have sozo and somatics, which is like the dance and movement part of healing. And literally God just put this in my, in my lap. And so I've been searching for like two years to find my purpose and doing all this work. And so it started with me journaling during COVID, like asking hard questions. And of course it of started the- with journaling because right? journaling is the very best thing. <laughs> and one of the um, deepest, que- or not deepest, but like one of the, the questions for me helped me realize this pattern that I started. And it was, when did I feel the most afraid? And I had this pretty traumatic moment as a kid um, where this pattern ended up reoccurring. And I was kind of guided in that moment on how to respond and how to reply. And um, and what I learned in this cycle um, was I learned to lie about what happens, to care what people think and to run. And then I was able to recognize that I repeated this pattern for so much of my life and not really ever thinking that I was a liar. Like I never looked at myself like that, but my whole part of my life, like I didn't really give my opinion. I I did lie just to appease everybody. Right. And then I would tell white lies and tell people things looked nice when they were really ugly. And like, I just was too like, right. So I had, and even to this day, like when something gets stressful and confrontational, um, I have that tendency to care what people think and then to avoid or run. And so I see this circle that I learned then. And anyway, so then God showed, like he showed me, he showed me where I learned these things and where I learned the lies and 
through like the sozo and somatics um, or that I'm supposed to be taking as like my next step through this um, was how to replace it with God's truth about me. And with, um, you know, just kind of what happened. I'm like, God, where, where were you in that? And like, it was just things where he's like reminded me that he's been with me all along and little things like my last name being dancer to, and me having shame around that to now dance has been something that's helped me release trauma and free it. And, and just like the, like, the, like it's God that winks like that all over the place. And so um, it hasn't been until recently that I've been able to see that. But again, I think that it's always been there. It's just that I haven't tapped into it. It's like when you pray for peace, it's like God's already gifted you the gift of peace, but you have to do the work to, to access it, to tap into it, to make time for him, to seek him to right? Like we've already been gifted the gift and I just, I wasn't tapping into it. Absolutely. I mean, I think my biggest message is that we can, I mean, God invites us to seek him, right? He invites us to come to him. And sometimes it's hard to find him or it feels hard to find him and we can't see him. But when we look back at what's already happened in our lives, I just feel like there's so much power in seeking him in our own story and finding him there because it's so personal that way, you know, and it, he's never going to fail. So he's provided for you. He's covered you and he's pursued you and he's brought you to this place and, and being able to see that, um, just brings a covering over your story. That's covered in love and truth. And he can't, he's not going to change all the hard things, but he is going to be with you and faithful to you you know, in all of those things. And for me and for you, it sounds like just finding him in those places is so life-giving and it gives you a new identity and it allows you to step into the future, you know, with boldness and confidence. And I think the chains, right? Like the chains that I would carry and that I've carried for years and the yoke, like knowing that like, I don't have to carry this yoke. I don't have to carry this chain anymore. It's so freeing. Like once you keep doing the work to, to meet God, I think that it's easy to just pray like, God, please help me. Like, God, help me through this. I'm like, just Lord, I like, I need your strength. And then like, sometimes like we just sit there and we do nothing. Right. And so Yes, God can move mountains and he can do everything, but he has also given us a mind for a reason and a body and a heart and he gives us free will. And so um, I, I, I spent a large part of my life just like not doing anything, not taking action and not trusting and sitting back and wanting God to do it all for me. And right. although he can, that's not. Um, necessarily what I believe to be his design for our life and what, what we're called to do. Yeah. So, I mean, I just looking at some of the words that you've used, you talk about things just happening on repeat. We have this cycle in our life. We just let things happen and we kind of go with the flow and, but then you get to a place in your life and you're like, wait, this isn't where I want to be, or I don't know where I want to be, or how did I get here? And so what, what were you looking at in your life that you just felt like, "Mm, I want this to be different. And then, 
um, you talk about, you know, showing up um, or, or choosing who you want to be and then showing, believing that, believing you have divine purpose and then moving into that. So talk a little bit about some of that. Yes. That, oh my gosh, you're so wise. Um, You're so so wise. These are your words. (laughs) You you picked up on something though really important that started my journey was I had met a friend who is like the most, like I grew up with her. She's the most amazing woman. And I'd meet up with her every year. We connect around the holidays and I'd be like, oh my gosh, hi, what are you doing? What's new? Like, how is life? And she would tell me all these amazing things she was doing. And then I would be like, same old, same old. Nothing's really changed. <laughs> the family's good. The kids are good. We're still at the same house. Everything's. And I was like, I'm really sick of saying the same old, same old. And then I was like, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over <laughs> and expecting something to change. Right. And so I'm like, I have to do something different. And so that's when I joined my first coaching program and, and it was the beginning of COVID. Um, and I, that was, that was when I started. And so do you that remember, was the question though. Do you remember when Kathy Heller said, close your eyes and picture yourself in five years. If you are in the exact same spot you are now, how will that feel? Literally put my credit card number in at that moment. Like, okay, heck no, that's not happening. Right. Yeah. Like we yes. cannot be here anymore more like we've got to move and change and I will do whatever it takes because it's not that I was living in a bad place I think you kind of said this too like yeah I'm like living the life I'm doing what's expected I'm I'm whatever all these great things I'm so happy I love my family I'm content but what do I want oh none of this right like yes yes this isn't isn't it And so what for you, like, what was, what's the driver? Like, what did you want to be different? Um, the drive is, it's really just, um, it's being authentic and using my gifts. Mm -hmm. It's my, my drive is to use the gifts God's given to me and to be able to like, look look back and and be in front of him and him say job well done good and faithful servant and like if I'm honest until the past like couple years I I don't feel like that's me like right like I I hadn't been using my gifts like even till today it's a stretch to use my voice like this is my very first podcast with somebody besides my husband and like like this is my first time leading a a bible like a Bible study group and I'm leading a couples one and, but like I've, I played it safe, right? Like I've sat in the sidelines and I heard this recording, um, of somebody who was like, um, you know, you see God and you're like, Oh God, I, I helped free these people and I helped do this and I helped do that. And they're naming off all these things that I did. Um, 
they were like listing like it as God's response to thing. And he's like, yes, but I had called for you to change the world and get slaves out of captivity and done this and done that. And, and it was just walking through like different parts of people's lives and people were sharing things. And, and then one of them was like a mom who was like, God, I, I tried to seek you. I tried to raise these kids the best that I could do or to do this, to do that. I am sorry. I've fallen short. I haven't, I haven't freed people from slavery. I haven't uh, been president. I haven't, and it was all these things. And, um, and then the, the calling was like, you raised, it was like, you raised the boy who, who's going to change the world and who like, <laughs> by, like you did step into your calling. And so you sought me and you did what you were meant to do. And you were a good and faithful servant. And, and so I want to be a good and faithful servant. And I want to use my gifts and share with people who's hurting. And so I'm just realizing that like, I got it, like, I feel like you get as humans, we get like, so stuck, like you feel stuck and you feel isolated and you feel shame. And like, it's sometimes it's hard to like, like just get out of that. Like it just feels overwhelming. And like, you're like, I don't even know where to start. And so my goal is just to give people hope that they're not alone and to share mm -hmm. like these tools that's worked for me. Um, and then see where, see where that takes me. Yeah. And so you've really shifted from survival to creating. Remember that question yeah. you asked, what, what does it look like to live from a place of survival versus a place of creation? And, um, I loved that question. I just think that it holds, it's such a visual and it's so powerful. Um, so tell us about the stretching and how do you put your place self in places of discomfort? And then how does grace like meet you there? Yes. Um, that's, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> like that's, well, that's kind of where you are, right? My, that's my, that's my daily right now. And so, um, it is putting myself intentionally in uncomfortable positions. And so that's stretching with yoga. Um, that's leaning into my body and, and how it feels and challenging and fine tuning and slowing down, slowing down. So like the yoga, it's, it's slowing down and it's engaging the mind, the body, the soul, the spirit, letting it all connect. Like I, like when I'm doing some of my stretching, I'm, I'm in heart opening positions. Right. And so like, you know, I'm bending back and I'm opening my heart and surrendering. Like, so I'm, I'm getting in positions to open my heart and, and receive, like I'm learning that I've blocked myself from receiving, like my heart had not been open. And so physically doing things where when people offend me, I will do like heart opening yoga poses and stretchers to help me open my heart. If I feel offended and, um, you know, when I feel shame or like that, I messed up, like I'm, I am doing yoga poses that are like me fully surrendering and, um, just like tying that in to everything that I'm doing. So it's not just physically stretching my body, but stretching my faith and, and surrendering and, um, and looking at, looking at it as a mindset, um, that all things are happening that God will use all things for his glory and my good. And I really, really believe that. And so like when I can look at the hard things that happen and know, okay, it's okay. And remind myself, um, I think it's easy to look at your past 
and be like, oh, I can't do this because I failed at this five times. But like, when you start to look at it and see, oh, God was with me in this, here's the example, here's the proof to back it up that I can do it. Like, you know, like what you were saying with my trauma and stuff like that and the dancing and like the humor, how my last name was dancer, how dancing's now healed, like started to be a healing modality. And I am not a good dancer, by the way. Like when I say that me dancing is like a healing, it is, but it's not pretty. It's like releasing energy and getting energy to like my hips and that part of my, but it is not like uh, dancers you see on like professional <laughs> dancing shows by any means, but it's God's sense of humor through all the, and the funny thing Glad is I have no sense of humor. Yeah. I have no sense of humor. Like, like I, I want to have a sense of humor, but I don't, but God is often <laughs> speaking to me comically, like almost always he will bring in a sense of humor for like, okay. So one of the things before we hit like a year and a half ago, I was like, Oh God, I just pray that you rip the scales off my eyes. I literally vividly remember praying, God, rip the scales off my eyes so I can see clearly. Oh, he ripped the scales off my eyes. And so my prayers are now like, God, please gently show. <laughs> like, like I have learned to change the words and how I pray because he listens and he hears you. And it was a, a season of ripping, right? I mean, it was a season of ripping things out of my life that needed to be removed. Um, but like there's, there's scabs and scars and it was a rip. It wasn't just, you know, it, it was, it worked out. I think it expedited the process, right? If you didn't rip it, I can't imagine how many years it would take for me to have learned what I've learned, but um, yeah. So I don't know if that answers all your questions, but <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like, I mean, you've, made space in lots of ways and been willing to face the hard things, lean into the hard things, feel whatever it is that's going to come up, feel it fully, and then let the grace meet you in that place. And it, I mean, I think that what I hear you saying and what is a constant, I imagine we never fully understand this or get good at this. Um, but like, it's so easy to want to control our lives in order to create peace or to fix things, or even in the slowing down, I'm trying to control it. Like I'm trying to find peace through quiet, but that's still me trying to set this thing up. That is false. <laughs> and so just this constant choosing to surrender, just this constant, like, letting go and breathing in peace and sitting still and being quiet and making space for God's presence to be, to do the hard work. Yes. Mm. And I think you brought up a really valid point that like we can try to make space and create quiet. And although that has really helped me because I'm intentionally choosing to do things to invite that and welcome it in my life. Um, a lot of the times that I hear from him are not in those quiet moments, right? Like I'm seeking him then, but like, yeah, a lot of them is he shows up in, in ways that I least expect it. And so I think that that's a really great point too, that like the authentic connection and hearing from him is often not in the space that we want it to be in. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I guess what I'd like to kind of close on is just how you've shifted out of limiting beliefs. This is something you referenced earlier in 
travel. So in all of the things, um, this is something I feel really passionate about. I think our first step is making space. It is removing the things that are not serving us, facing the hard things, being willing to let Jesus touch wounds and trauma and hurt and show us where he was and how he showed up and how he loved. But then it's coming out of that place of healing into action and not even, and then it really is kind of all like jumbled up together. Right. But like when we take action, whether it's through adventure or exploring or getting rid of the busy or allowing laughter to come into a place that used to be tense or a car ride that used to be bickering and allowing it to be a car ride of unity and conversation and peace. Like all the action is, I feel like where so much clarity comes in and where God really can come in, I guess, speak to that and how, um, you were referencing a Disney trip and then some other trips. And I just want to hear about how that has stirred up life for your family. That Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, for us, it's perspective. Um, it is learning how big God is and it's taking the messy action and leaning into the discomfort and, um, and just for us, it seems like it's putting ourselves in a different atmosphere where it's not like, I haven't figured it out exactly like why it's so special, why it's so magical. Um, but whether it's a road trip, whether it is just going somewhere and having that family time or, um, but I'm like constantly reminded how big our God is every time I get out of like my comfort zone in my house and my, the things that I'm used to seeing on a daily basis. So like when we go to other countries and we see how they live or, you know, when we see like, like just how life is so full circle, like how, like we were just talking about, like how dependent on the earth we are for like vitamins and sunlight and water and like just how everything is so full circle. And it's easy to get caught up in, oh, we go to the grocery store and grab our food and come back home and do, do the job and do this. But like, when you actually like become part of the processes of like, helping on a farm or helping like with like when we were in Thailand, one of the things that we did was um, we went to like an elephant sanctuary where they rescued like elephants and like just seeing the dynamic and, and the energy and um, just like how they, how everything again is full circle. Like it just, it amazes me and it helps me be reminded how big our God is and how, and, and so for me, it's just that like, it's like when you drive to work, like, uh, and you do the same thing, you're doing the same drive over and over. And I would just get used to not being like, oh my gosh, how to attention to the drive, just tired, exhausted, long hours. And then, oh, like, can't remember anything about the drive home, just ended up home and like, just wasn't present for the drive home. And so for us, it helps us be more present during the journey and not just the end goal. And so I think getting out of the house helps us helps us work on just being it just broadens your world and and this idea of what creation's about and what the world is about to get out of your routine and see it from a different lens yeah that perspective that you're talking about 
That's so good. I am just in awe of the way that you let love flow. You are clearly overflowing with um, beauty and grace and um, are, you are definitely growing an atmosphere that invites others into life. And so we really appreciate all of that and are so proud of you. So excited for you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed being here and talking with you and uh, I just love what you're doing with Fashion Ivy. So thank you.